morning, everyone. Good to see everybody this morning as we begin our Christmas season coming up here. Hallelujah. And uh, I know we have others that will be coming in here shortly. But uh, we do, of course, want to welcome back Pastor Steve. Yay. Hallelujah. Yay. <laughs> He'll be sharing a little bit more, uh, I think, in particular with one of the songs that he's going to be doing. But... Um, about his journey. And how many know we're on a journey, right? <clears throat> Amen. Hallelujah. And it's good to see a lot of you that are, I know, are still moving a lot of mucus through your sinuses. How is that to put it? That's the best way to put it, right? Uh, a lot of uh, folks are still uh, suffering. We want to remember uh, Mikey Scherer, I believe, has RSV. Uh, I, I just found out that... Uh, who else just told me they just had RSV? Marsha. Marsha just got, is getting over it as well. And uh, so a lot of folks are, are struggling here. But hallelujah. But it's good to be in his presence. And we do have a special guest, which we'll be introducing later. Uh, Pastor Yuri's bride-to-be, Abby, which you'll be seeing a little bit later as well in the service. But in the meantime, let's just stand together into his presence and open our hearts to what he has for us this morning. Father, we just thank you so much that we could be in your presence. And again, we are so thankful that your presence is in us. That's the most important. That's the greatest Christmas gift we could ever have, to have Jesus living inside our hearts. So we ask this morning to help us to open our minds, our ears, our eyes, our understanding to what you have for us today. And by the end of this service, we're going to leave blessed, refreshed, invigorated, and challenged for what you have for us. We thank you for it. We receive it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you as you worship. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchased of God. Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. And this is my story, and this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I and my Savior am happy and blessed, watching and waiting, looking above, filled with His goodness, lost in His love. This is my story, yes, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. And this
This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Praise you all the day long. Oh, all the day long. When the night is too dark, I praise you all night and all day. Oh, what a Savior, wonderful Jesus. Oh, what a Savior, wonderful Jesus. Oh, what a Savior, wonderful Jesus. Wonderful Jesus, and death could not hold you, for you are victorious. Praise to the risen King. Death could not hold you, for you are victorious.
beautiful name is what a beautiful name is the name of Jesus Christ my King what a beautiful name it is nothing compares to this what a beautiful name it is the name of Jesus You didn't want heaven without us So
Son Jesus, you are so faithful, so powerful, so faithful. Thank you, God, you've always been faithful. I just wanted to take a moment just to say thank you church thank you church for who you are thank you for being so loving and generous with your giving and also with your prayer your prayers for me and my family I'm just so amazed by there's several different churches that have been praying for us and In this next song, I'm going to sing a song that is much more than a song to me. Because in my darkest times of being in those different hospitals or whatever for three to four months, a lot of songs just didn't speak to me that much. The anxiety was there. The pain was there. But this song just always spoke to me to the point where I was crying and I was almost hyperventilating, not because of a dark place, but because he was faithful even in that dark place. Because we think about, as Pastor David had mentioned to me this morning, with this song, a lot of times we think about, oh, we're thankful He's so faithful for what he gave me in my bank account or, or a car that's running. And, and oh, he just blessed me so much. But this is kind of like the opposite where he blesses me and he's faithful in those dark times when we may not even see him. There were times in that hospital I didn't even see him. That's not because of him. I still remember a pin that I had very early in my salvation where it said that God seems so far away it said if God seems far away guess who moved wasn't him in our human element let's just be real for a second I mean 
Sometimes we don't see him. Sometimes we don't hear him. And sometimes we're even a little bit like, why? But he's still there during those times and he's not surprised by our anxiety. He's not surprised by our anger. We might even have anger towards him. It happens. Just like you might have had anger towards your earthly dad. But in this in this song it just revelation to me was the fact that what do I really need to be worried about he's brought me through I don't know how many different things and he's going to bring me through this and I still had that thought that someone ministered to me years ago and said when you're in a situation like this you think, well, if I die, I might miss my family. What are they going to do, etc.? But you just have to say, devil, you can't scare me with heaven. Because if I die, that's where I'm going. Well, you can't scare me with heaven. That's even better than what's here. So in the meantime, it's our job to bring heaven down. That's what the saint's job is to bring, to pull heaven down. And I know in those moments it wasn't pulling heaven down that I did. At times I was miserable. But I just had to think back of all the times that he was so faithful. There's so many times even in my childhood where it was a close call. If I look back, if I would have fell off the garage playing on the roof this way instead of that way, I would have had a a rod through my body and I would have died but I tripped and fell that way and I just think of things like that like he he just blessed me and the fact that I'm still here means I have a lot more to do for him he has a plan so the good news is that I am cancer free so When they, when they took that growth out, there was nothing in any lymph nodes because that cyst or that tumor was wrapped in some kind of fatty tissue sack or something. So it kept it all in one spot. And so I've had the tubes running through, I've had the IV running through and, and just being miserable and uncomfortable for how long? But now all that stuff is out and I feel like a new person. So hopefully, hopefully next week with the doctor's clearance tomorrow, then I'll be able to get back to work and uh, do my job. And But Lord, you are so faithful. Lord, there's nothing else I could do but give you praise. I don't have all the right words for it, Lord, but you know my heart. You know what my heart is singing right now. You know what my heart is saying right now. But Lord, I just praise you. I just honor you. I thank you for the brothers and sisters, Lord, that you gave me in this church. The brothers and sisters that blessed me and prayed for me so that I would have strength in those dark times. This might sound kind of crazy, but I... What comes to mind now is the lady in the Bible that had the issue of blood. 
she was so desperate to see Jesus. But in all of the time that it took for her and strength for her to leave the house in the first place, because back in that day, when a woman was during that time, she was not supposed to leave the house. She would probably get stoned for it because she would be considered unclean. So she had that thought of struggle in that, what am I going to do? I've got to be out there. I've got to touch him. But I don't, you know what? I, I, I'm just going to go for it. You know, I, I, and I've got to make myself presentable so I don't get in trouble along the way. There's so many basic everyday stuff involved in her getting out of the house in the first place but then because she was considered unclean she crawled across the ground to come up on Jesus hem of his garment so that she wouldn't be seen or pushed out of the way but in her desperation in her amazing faith that even if I touch the hem of his garment I will be healed he had hundreds of people around him, pulling at him, touching him. But when he felt her heart crying out for him, he said, what was that? Who just touched me? Who just, who, who just drew from me? And I just think about that in the fact that, yes, I was desperate. And in those moments in darkness... I did all I could just to reach him. I didn't have much left, but whatever I could do to reach just the hem of his garment. Because he is faithful. He, he felt me. He heard me. And he answered me. Hallelujah. I love you, Lord. Mercies never fail me All my days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head I will sing Of the goodness of God
times that he's been faithful to you, that he's brought you through, all the times when you were younger and you struggled and you thought, where is it all going to come from? Where's the provision going to come from? What were you worried about? You made it. He brought you through. In all my life you have been faithful. Come on, sing that to him. In all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. All my life, say it to him. All my life you have been faithful. Yes, you have, Lord. All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God I will sing of the goodness of God Just sing that line again. Raise your hands and make that a statement of faith. I will sing of the goodness. Whatever you're going through right now, I will always sing. I will sing of the goodness of God. Yes, I will. I will always sing. I will sing of the goodness of God. There's no one like you. I will sing of the goodness of God. Hallelujah. I will Come on, praise him if you could. Praise him if you could. Hallelujah. I will sing Lord. of you. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. I will your always goodness, sing your, your goodness, name, your goodness, Jesus. Your goodness. <laughs> like Hallelujah. honey on my lips, your Hallelujah. name is like honey on my Hallelujah. lips, Jesus, Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We will sing of his goodness in the land of the living. This song is a statement of faith song because this is the song you sing when everything is bad around you. This is the song you sing when your body is sick, when the bank account's empty, when people have left you. This is the song you sing. Lord, you have been faithful and you will be faithful right now and you will yet be faithful to the very end. Don't know how. Don't know how it's going to work out. But you're going to do it. Father, give us that faith this morning. As I mentioned earlier, I know those that are struggling physically with all sorts of things. Help them to see you by faith this morning and realize that you are still faithful right where they're at. For those who might be struggling emotionally in a desperate situation, you're faithful. You're faithful. You're faithful. If we will just press through the crowd, we will see you. We will touch you. You will know that you're being touched and you'll prove yourself faithful again. I ask for that, Father, as we walk through these days ahead, that we will remain faithful to you because we know that when we are faithless, you're faithful to us. So help us just to keep our eyes on you forever. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Oh, how many are glad for his faithfulness? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Reminded of that psalm where David said, If it had not been that the Lord were on our side... Let all Israel now say, if it had not been that the Lord would on our side, tell me, 
where would we be? We would have been swallowed up. I'm glad this morning I'm swallowed up by Jesus. That's all we need to worry about. Praise his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Steve. Good to have you back. Good to have you back. Amen. We've enjoyed everyone that has filled in and helped out, but it's good to have uh, Brother Steve back. Hallelujah. Ushers, if you'll come. And as the ushers come, I'm going to ask Yuri and Abby to come forward as well. Come all the way, all the way up. All the way up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you so much that we can continue worshiping you through the giving of tithes and offerings. This is an act of worship. We don't do this out of compulsion. We don't do it to buy a membership in anything. We do it because we love you and you love a cheerful giver. So we are going to take this offering, bless it, multiply it, use it for the furtherance of your kingdom. And we're going to promise to praise you in Jesus name. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you as you give. And everybody say, me gusta en conocerle, Abby. Okay, good. And <laughs> I, I know you can say this. Ready? Let's, we'll practice it together. Dios le bendiga now wait a minute we have a Spanish speaker here <laughs> and uh, so Dios le bendiga that means God bless you so that's what they say down there so everybody all together on the count of three one two three Dios le bendiga <laughs> almost almost <laughs> uh, Abby is is learning English she, she understands a bit uh, so um, ¿cuántas personas hablan español aquí? uno and I know anybody else? Rudy, uh, she's not here Rudy does and I know Dora does so tres personas if you speak Spanish at all please speak Spanish to her because it'll make her feel at home. So I've been, I've been butchering Spanish for her all morning long. <laughs> but anyway, Yuri, do you want to just say something about uh, what's happening here? They are engaged right now, correct? Yeah, I mean, I wish we could just get married. Can we just get married right now? We ha- you're already up here. I mean, maybe it's an option. If you got the certificate, I got it right here. You know, you just sign it off. We got witnesses and we're all good to go. No. Oh, I didn't do your homework yet, but uh, it is make it's uh, by by our laws and immigration. It's e- it's better to come engaged than married. So they are engaged. They're engaged, and they will be married here shortly. And we will keep everybody posted uh, on that when that happens. Um, somewhere around here, they're they're thinking and planning that. Um, and uh, so maybe maybe we'll do uh, uh, we'll do all the vows in Espanol the uh, the wedding vows. We'll do them in Spanish because we want her to understand them. So when she says, I do, we really want her to understand, I do. No. Anyway, let's just raise our hands forward and, and ask a blessing on this couple. Father, we just thank you so much for Yuri and Abby. We, we don't know what the future holds. We're, we're watching it unfold in front of us. 
But we thank you, Father, that you've brought these two hearts together from two different countries, from north and south. And Father, we know she has a a challenging time ahead of her, learning new customs, new languages, and things like that. But we welcome her to America, we welcome her to Emmanuel, and we are glad that we could be part of her life and her as a part of ours. So we ask your blessing on them as they grow together and as we grow with them. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. God bless you. Gracias. Gracias. Oh, here comes Grandma. Please, I pray, please. You want to pray? Please. Do you want me to read this to you, for you? The only real luxury is the luxury of human communication. I thank the Lord that I have such communication in your church. Uh, it may, I will pray, my God is holy. This is Yuri's grandma, who is Russian. Uh, and speaks very, very little English well. But thank you, thank you very much. Thank you very much. I pray, please. I pray, please. Amen. You are praying for them. Slava tebe, Господи. Slava tebe. Slava Atsu i Sinu i Svetomu Duhu. I na nje prisna i va viki vikopami. Господи, pomiluj, Господи. Pomiluj, blagoslavljaj, moj Gospodi. Blagoslavljaj. Царю Небесный, Утешителю души истины и жизнецы, и вся исполняя сокровища благих жизней подателю, приди и вселись в ныне очистенные от церкви скверной, и прости, блажи души наши, Господи, Иисусе Христе, Сыне Божий, помилуй нас всех грешных и прости. О, аминь. Я не знаю, что она сказала, но вы можете чувствовать ее сердце, правда? That's all right. We'll take it. Thank you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Oh, you, out of hey, what does the word say, folks? Out of every tribe, nation, tongue, and people. Hallelujah. God bless her. God bless her. Spasiba. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Oh man, we've got so much work ahead of us now. We've got to learn Spanish and Russian. Oh, and Russian's hard. Italian, we've got Italian here. Too. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. Thank you, thank you. Nothing like the, the heart of a grandma and her prayers. Praise his name. Well, we do welcome everybody. Take your Bibles, if you will. Open them to Romans today. We are entering the holiday season, and I'm going to be launching into a little different type of concept. We are in Philippians. We'll probably uh, get back to Philippians in um, the new year because... Next Sunday is the 18th, and then we have Christmas Sunday, and New Year's Day is also on a Sunday. So we're thinking about doing some different things uh, for those particular Sundays, Uh, probably just a shorter little get-together. We might even be in the cafe. I'm not sure what we'll do. Uh, And also, of course, don't forget, next week is uh, our Christmas banquet, Christmas get-together after church. Everyone is welcome, no charge. Come and eat and enjoy and celebrate the Christmas season. Then the following Sunday, uh, Pastor Ron will be sharing. And uh, we'll we'll all be here singing Christmas carols and doing all sorts of things like that. But we wanted to take something a a little different this morning. And Romans, the first chapter, let's just read the first uh, few verses of Romans, the first chapter, verse 1. Paul, 
a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh, declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead, through which we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to faith among all nations for his name. We'll stop right there. This, I want to speak to you this morning about the gospel, the gospel, and in particular, the the gospel, as it says in verse 1, separated to the gospel of God. The gospel of God. We are entering into the Christmas season, which is, we all know the, the phrase, the reason for the season, right? And I, I always love it when uh, atheists don't believe in Jesus, and Jewish people don't believe in Jesus, and a lot of people, don't, agnostics, don't believe in Jesus, they don't believe in Christmas, they don't believe in any of that. But boy, they sure take their Christmas days off, don't they? And they sure like buying those presents, don't they? I don't believe in any of this, but I'll take the days off. Absolutely, I got Christmas vacation coming, right? Yep. Oh, hey, it's Christmas time. Don't I get double time and a half? Right? I don't believe in Jesus, but I'll take the double time and a half at work. Yeah, right. So the reason for the season, of course, is Jesus. That's what it's all about. And I want to start, and next Sunday we'll continue on with probably a little more thought about the actual Christmas season itself, but I want to narrow our thinking this morning to the gospel, to the tidings of great joy, joy to the world, all of the things that are to this world, and we want to start with a definition of the gospel, because Paul says, this is the gospel of God. Okay, so we start there and we think, well, wait a minute, then what is the gospel? I mean, we're celebrating it. We're celebrating it now in this, this time of year. What is the gospel? Well, the actual definition, this is what we want to concentrate on this morning, and then the ramifications of it. The gospel is the good news. That's all it is. The good news. As a matter of fact, the Greek word is ewangelion. Uh, if you break that word down, remember, I always will tell you only the Greek words that you know. See, now we're Spanish, Russian, now we're into Greek too. <clears throat> Evangelion, the EU at the beginning is U, that means good in Greek. Good. We have uh, another English word, a eulogy, right? At a funeral service, someone gives a eulogy, logia, it literally is a good word. So somebody stands up, gives a eulogy for the dead person, nobody believes any of it, but we sit and listen to it. <laughs> they say a bunch of good things, right? So that's a eulogy, so it means good, and angelion literally means angels. That's really what the word means, angels. So it is simply the good word of the angels, the good news that was sent to us, the good news that was given to us. That's the definition of the gospel. It's the good word delivered to humanity. So the gospel is not a personal testimony of salvation, the gospel is not that God has a plan for your life. The gospel is not that God loves you. That's all true. That is definitely true. But it is the gospel of God. Paul uses it four times. Peter uses it once in 1 Peter 4. It's the gospel of God. So whatever this is, whatever the angels announced or pronounced, it is first from God and about God. It's all about God, not about us. I know. That's so nasty to say to you on such a nice Sunday, huh? It's about God. 
You say, well, how, how can we wrap our minds around this? Well, I'm going to use an example. Aristotle and his statue. And everybody's going to say, oh my Lord, he's going into philosophy on Sunday morning? And so near Christmas? There's a reason for saying this. Aristotle was trying to figure out the cause of the universe, right? We shared this a long time ago. He, he reduced, since he was an atheist, he reduced it to one very simple thing, that the cause of the universe was the unmoved mover. He couldn't say God, so he said he's the unmoved mover. So, uh, it, but the, the way that he got to this was, he was sitting and he was looking at a statue one day, and he thought to himself, and he listed, I think there were like five or six points to this, but I'll just give you the three main points. Uh, he started off and he thought, he asked the first question, what is the efficient cause of the statue? How did it get here? How did that statue get here? King David from Michelangelo. How did that statue get here? Well, the efficient cause is the sculptor. The sculptor. The sculptor is the planner, right? He's the formulator. He's the creator of that thing. He saw that block of stone. He saw that block of wood. He saw that lump of clay. And he said, I'm going to make something out of that. So he is the efficient cause. The second question that Aristotle asked is, what is the instrumental cause? In other words, how did he do it? Well, for the sculptor, he used chisels and tools and hammers and all sorts of things like that and rasps and everything. And he sculpted it down to what he wanted it to look like. So that's the instrumental cause, and that's a very important point. And then he said, his last one was, well, what's the final cause? Well, then what's the purpose of this statue? Why did the sculpture do this? Well, the sculptor could have done it because he was commissioned to put something in the center of town, or maybe he put it in his own living room, or maybe he put it in a rich person's garden, but he was commissioned by, the, by someone to make this thing. Now, if you look at the cause of the statue, the instrumental cause, the final cause, and all those things, did the statue have anything to do with any of this? No. The statue was embedded in stone. It didn't know what it was until the sculptor, oh boy, I think some of you might be getting it already, the sculptor began to sculpt the statue and suddenly the statue was born in all of its glory. This has nothing to do with my message, so I'll step over here we were encased in sin, were we not? Blind, dead, dumb, in sin. Until the sculptor... Ooh. <laughs> All right. Until the sculptor started his work. So here's, here's where the, why this is relevant. The reformers, Calvin, Wesley, Luther, the reformers used one question... In their debates with the Catholic Church, they used one question and said, what is the instrumental cause of our justification? That was their big question. What was the instrumental cause? How did this all happen? How are we saved? Why are we saved? Etc. They used Aristotle's question. Well, the Catholic Church in that day said that uh, it was the sacraments. They were the instrumental cause. The, the way that salvation occurred is through baptism, catechism, confession, communion, etc., etc., etc. So that was the instrumental cause. The Reformers said, no, no, the instrumental cause of our salvation is Jesus and Jesus alone. In essence, God looked at the world and said, I, the master sculptor, will create myself in the flesh. I, by my own right hand, will gain salvation for my creation, and I alone will do this for my own glory. 
Paul tells us explicitly what the gospel is. In Romans 1, he says, it's the gospel from God about Jesus, who was born of the seed of David, who was declared the Son of God, and who was resurrected from the dead. The gospel is not a list of rules and regulations. It's not a standard of living. It's not a compendium of statutes. It's not church doctrine. It's not even a structure of right or wrong things to do. It's not a message, per se, about salvation. The gospel is not the four spiritual laws. The gospel is not how to get saved. The gospel is not accepting Christ as your savior. It's not how much you read the Bible. It's not how much you pray or go to church or how much you tithe. I hope you do all those things. I hope you pray. I hope you read the word. I hope you come to church. Paul told Timothy, this is the mystery of the gospel. And that is God manifest in the flesh, justified by the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world and received up into glory. That's the good news. That's all. Still, it has nothing to do with the statue. It has nothing to do with us. That's the good news. Now, as a matter of fact, I, I would probably say I am not a follower of the gospel. I'm a follower of Jesus. Who holds the gospel? And who is the gospel? So you say, well, why this in, intense definition of, of this then, of this gospel. Well, I'm going to give you two reasons, just two points this morning, and I'll be done very quickly. Two points this morning. Number one, first, the reason of this, this is so important is everything happens through Jesus. Everything happens through Jesus. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made, John says. So he is the cause of creation, The word that was with God in the beginning. It's all Jesus. He is also the consummation of all things. He's the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. The first and the last. So everything starts in Jesus and it ends in Jesus. And he is also the instrumental cause of our salvation. He is working in us to both will and to do his good pleasure He's doing it in us. Here's the point of this. If you try to insert anything else as the instrument of God's salvation into your life, you will fail. If you try religion, you'll fail. If you try liturgy, you'll fail. If you try works, you'll fail. If you try to insert your holiness, you'll just become frustrated because you'll find out how unholy you are. If you try to correct your own sinfulness, you'll become depressed If you try to insert your own spiritual journey, you'll get really lost really fast. If you try to insert your deeds, then you'll become spiritually compulsive. All you'll do every day is try to correct your deeds over and over and over and over and over. It won't work. Uh, it, it was it was uh, it was Augustine before he was saved. He was a very profligate man. He visited prostitutes quite often. Then he then he, Christ found him and he accepted Christ as a savior. And, and he struggled afterwards with lust. He was a young man, unmarried. He struggled with lust. And it was so difficult for him that he, he got so angry with his flesh that every time he had a lustful thought, he had somebody lower him into a pit and he would roll in thorns. How many know that did nothing? Now you're just lustful and you got a bunch of blood pricks all over your body. <laughs> but you still have the same lust. Nothing changes. So everything has to happen through the word being led by the spirit. It was the prophet Isaiah who said, Woe unto him who strives with his maker. Can the clay say to him who forms it, What are you making? 
(laughs) Allow him to be your maker. Allow him to be the instrument of your salvation. Be like Mary, who we're celebrating in this Christmas season, who said, be it unto me, even as thy word. It's so simple. It's all about Jesus. You don't have to look anywhere else. You just open your word and begin to read, and it's all Jesus from beginning to end. So, that's the first thing is, everything that, that happens, happens through him. And, and, it's, and it makes it very clear and concise and simple. And the second thing, and this is, now this is where it gets good then. This is the nice part. This is where the statue comes into play. This is where we are. Second thing is that everything that happened to Jesus happens now to me. Oh, that's good. I live with him because I died with him. I'll be resurrected with him because I died to death with him and is resurrected with him. I will receive a glorified body someday. I receive the power of the Holy Spirit in me now because of his resurrected life. Everything that he did that happened to him is now happening to me. And it, and it starts all through the Old Testament. You can go all the way back in the Old Testament. You can go to Psalm 16. David speaks prophetically of Jesus, and he says, You will not leave my soul in hell, nor will we allow your Holy One to see corruption. Right? He's speaking prophetically of Jesus. But it was in that same chapter that David says, Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. Boy, didn't God have his hands full trying to maintain David. Boy, doesn't God have his hands full trying to maintain you? The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. And the second time he says, I have a good inheritance. Listen, folks, because of Jesus, because of that instrumental force of who Jesus is, I have an inheritance this morning. Ephesians, the first chapter, in him we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Verse 14, and has given to us the guarantee of our inheritance, which is the Holy Spirit. And verse 18, we have riches of the glory of his inheritance to the Colossians we are partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light and we have the reward of the inheritance to the Hebrews and for this reason Jesus the instrumental cause is the mediator of the new covenant that those who are called may receive the promise of an eternal inheritance and again in 1 Peter we have an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away reserved for us in heaven. Can you name one thing right now that is incorruptible and is not fading away? Nothing. Nothing. But I've got an inheritance in heaven this morning that's never going to go away. Got my name on it. No one can buy it out from under my... Elon Musk can't buy it. Hallelujah. (laughs) No one can buy it. Psalm 118. David speaks prophetically of Jesus again. And he says, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is marvelous in our eyes. And then there's that verse that that we always apply to us, which is true, but it's applied to Jesus. This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice in it. The instrument has become obvious to the whole world. We're going to rejoice in it. But it's in that same chapter that David said, the nations have surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. For in the name of the Lord, again, I will destroy them. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteousness. Because of Jesus this morning, the instrument of God's power, I have strength, 
I have a song in my heart, and I've got rejoicing, and the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing and everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain gladness and sorrow, and sighing shall flee away. Hallelujah. Though my outward man is perishing, Paul says, and boy is it ever, it's growing weaker every day. It's becoming more frail every day. The strength is waning every day. But inside, I'm getting stronger every day by the power of the Holy Spirit. Inside of me, there's a roaring lion that's seeking what it may devour. Inside of me, there's power on top of power, on top of dunamis, on top of explosive power, on top of authority, and it's growing every day as we near the kingdom. In that same chapter... It was David that said uh, that, that this power and this authority will cause me to destroy all the works of the enemy. Zechariah, the ninth chapter. Zechariah speaks prophetically of Jesus, this instrument. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Lowly, he's bringing salvation. Lowly, riding on a donkey, on the coal, the foal of a donkey. But it was in that same chapter. Oh, I love this verse. Zechariah 9. As for you also, because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Because even today that I will declare, I restore double to you. Hallelujah. Because of Jesus, I am free this morning. I have hope this morning. And I'm going to get back double everything I've lost. I was once a prisoner of death, now I'm a prisoner of hope. I was once in a waterless pit, now out of my belly flows rivers of living water. Joel, the second chapter, I'm not going to just send you the rain, I'm going to send you the former and the latter rain as well. My threshing floors are full of wheat, my vats overflow with wine and oil, because my God, my sculptor says, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. Is that for me? Yes, because the Bible says, Peter, in the book of Acts, and it shall come to pass, I will pour out my spirit. Oh, I'm glad I serve a God that pours out this morning. He doesn't dribble out. He pours out. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And on my maidservants and maid, maidservants, I will pour out my spirit. Even elderly Russian women will get up and pray and prophesy. Hallelujah. I've got rivers of living water inside of me. I've got fountains this morning. I've got geysers this morning. Not because of me, but because of the instrument of God's authority and power whose name is Jesus. Matthew the fourth, uh, Malachi the fourth chapter again speaks prophetically of Jesus. But you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. You shall go out and listen. Oh, I love this. You will grow fat like stall-fed calves. Hallelujah. Take a couple notches out of your belt. Because of Jesus, I can get fat. You say, wait, what's that mean? That word means abound. Because of Jesus, I can abound and keep on abounding. Romans, the fifth chapter, by the grace, by grace, one man, by the grace of one man, by the grace of one instrument, Jesus Christ, this instrument, grace has abounded to many. Jesus was one tiny speck that exploded throughout the universe, his grace. Romans 15, I can abound in hope. 
by the power of the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 9, God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance to every good work. In Ephesians and Philippians, Paul says, I am abounding in wisdom and in all prudence. I am abounding in love. I am abounding in knowledge, all because of Jesus. For it was fitting for him are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain of thou salvation perfect through suffering. For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one. The statue has become one with the sculptor. (laughs) Not even Michelangelo could do that. The statue has become one with the sculptor. Everything we have, everything we are, everything we will be comes through the instrument named Jesus. Everything. And that is the good news. There is no bad news in it. The good news is not what happened to me. The good news is not what I have. The good news is not what I will become. But who he is right now. Now you may say, okay, in conclusion, how do we actuate this in our lives? How, how, how does this happen? I, I, well, we know it's, it's salvation. We know it's claiming Christ as Savior. We know it's saying, Jesus, I repent of my sins and I accept you as Savior. We know that, of course. But, but in this Christmas season, and, and that's good to get saved. We, we want to we enter the kingdom that way. But how many know that after you get saved and you accept Christ as your personal Savior, that it's all over, right? You don't have to do anything anymore, right? You're the complete statue now. There's nothing else left. That's right. God, you can go ahead and do what you Go to the next person over there. They're really lousy. <laughs> I'm good now. No, no, no. What did, what did God want from Mary? Did, did God want her intellect? No. Did he want her scholarly approach to Old Testament scripture? No. Did, did he want her money? Well, she didn't have any. Listen. All God wanted from Mary was her womb and a yes. That's all. He said, I, I just need a place on this earth to put the Messiah. I just need a place on this earth to plant the seed of the gospel, to place my instrument. And, and all I want is just someone to say, yes. Folks, <laughs> all he wants is your spiritual womb. That's all he wants. He just wants your heart. He just wants our heart. He just wants a place to put his throne. To put his throne. To say, this is, this is where I want to plant it right now. You don't even have to do anything. There's nothing you can do. All you can do is just say yes. And you know what he would really prefer? Is that we would say yes every hour of the day. That every time we open this word, we would say, you know what, Father? Before I even read the word, here it is. Ready? Yes. (laughs) Be it unto me, even as your servant says. Be it unto me.
Just say yes. It's all he wants. And when we say yes, when the clay says yes, when the clay stops asking questions, when the clay says stops complaining, when the clay stops looking around, when the clay just says yes, spiritual Michelangelo, start with the chiseling, start forming me the way you want me to be. When the clay says that, the sculptor says, I got it. I got it all. I got it all. Let's bow our heads. Father, I just thank you so much that you are the sculptor. Because there are so many times in my life that I've tried to sculpt things. I thought it was doing the right thing. But it turned out I was really wrong. And the thing that I created was not a sculpture at all. It was just a mess. But Father, when you are the sculptor, when you take the instrument of Jesus and tune him to us and sculpt him in our lives, every time you do it, you make something beautiful. So Father, I would ask that for all of us this morning that we would just open our hearts to you just like Mary did 2,000 years ago. That little girl just said, yes, Lord. Gabriel, I don't understand. I've never been with a man. I don't understand how this can happen. And Gabriel says, didn't you just see your, your, your Elizabeth? Didn't you see your aunt? Didn't you see what happened to her? Didn't you see what happened to Sarah in the Old Testament? With God, nothing is impossible. And Father, for us, we can say it too. I don't know how you're going to get me from A to Z. I don't know how you're going to fix this in my life. I don't know how you're going to take this. But all I know is if I say yes to you, nothing will be impossible to the instrument of God's power. So help us to open our eyes to you, our ears to you. We receive it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's stand together. How many know that after you hear what the good news is, You really, really, really can say with great assurance, Merry Christmas. (laughs) Keep the toys, keep the baubles, keep the money. Merry Christmas, I've got Jesus, and Jesus has got me. How many are glad you have that present, (laughs) that gift? Hallelujah. Praise his name. Turn around, bless somebody you're dismissed. Go forth praising him. Be faithful to your sculptor as he creates Jesus in you.